Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, like Sean Payton, coach of the Saints in a second, on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Jeff Saturday will join me as well. Hall of Famer Larry Zonka in this hour. Drinking champagne last night in celebration. One of my favorite annual traditions, unlike any other. And coming up in this hour, I will again tell you why the most important player in basketball's Eastern Conference is one who currently plays for a Western Conference team. All those and more. But it is my pleasure to welcome, for the first time on this program, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, who is with us here off to another terrific start as he works his way down the stretch this season. Sean, always a pleasure. Thank you for a few minutes. How are you today? Good, Mike. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Well, the pleasure is mine. And let me start by asking you this. So you're supposed to be the offensive genius. And when did you turn into Bill Parcell? Suddenly you have a team that over the last five games, your defense, 57 total drives, two touchdowns allowed, 13 turnovers for 17 sacks, and allowing a total QBR of 20.2. This is an elite defense. Can you give me a, a, a few thoughts on how it is this defense is playing? Well, listen. I think I think you hit on a number of uh, of, of, of key statistics. I, I would say early in the season we were defending the run well, um, but we were giving up some chunk plays in the passing game. Our red zone defense struggled, really struggled, and our third down numbers weren't particularly great either. But mid season, probably Chicago. It might have been the week before. Um, you know, we started seeing. The red zone stops. Tampa Bay was was a, a real good plan, and, and those guys did a fantastic job. And so there's a little bit of this confidence that comes from demonstrated ability, and, and it's, you can you can wish for it or hope or, or kind of pound your chest that you're confident. But once you start actually doing it, I, I think that that can, that can mean something. And we're actually watching that right in front of our eyes. Um, our players are healthy. We, we've had a couple injuries at corner, but we've been able to get through some games with that. And then Quan Alexander, we acquired right before the trade deadline. So, Mike, there's a handful of things that contribute to it, but definitely we're playing at a high level now. And 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 back to calling plays, it's much easier offensively when you're playing that way defensively. Yeah, and and it's a fascinating dynamic because of the way the season has gone for the second straight year you know, having to play these games and win them without Drew. And, and, and so let's go there then. Over the last two seasons, you've now played eight games without a first ballot big room Hall of Famer, and you're 8-0. What does that say about your team? Well, look, I, I, when it happened back last season and we lost Drew after the Ram game, we were all in Seattle. And, you know, there's that immediate feeling like, well, Teddy's going to have to be, you know, this, this, and this, when actually we all just have to do our jobs and and Teddy's job will be just fine if, if we do that. And so th- there is a little bit more of a an intra-focus on each individual. And then, you know, we're not going to replicate or replace exactly what Drew did in a game. Now, we're going to count on these other things and we're going to utilize the things that Teddy Bridgewater does well or Taysom Hill does well. And we've been able to do that. And I, I think, look, the main thing for that quarterback position, and Parcells used to say it all the time, is to win and to win and to win again. And mm. and, and that's their job. And, and so 
That means protecting the football. That means trying to lead your team to score, score enough points. Um, but certainly a quarterback's greatest ally can be a good defense, and, and a second one can be a good running game. Sean Payton is with me here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He is on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. You know, so, so you had Teddy Bridgewater last year who stepped in and played the game very similarly to the way Drew Brees does. This year you go in a very different direction, and, and Taysom Hill has done what you just said he needed to do. He's won these games. So relative to what your expectation for him was so far through these three games, how has he played? I think this, Mike, I think this past week, was a was a big measuring stick for us. I, I think, look, the, the week one win, he started off a little slow. I mean, obviously there was a lot of pressure on him, and then he, he really finished well. I don't think we can even take a look at week two because of the, the situation with Denver's quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, we just changed how we were going to play that game with them lining up a, a practice squad receiver at quarterback. Um, but two days ago, the third down numbers – and how he functioned on third down, third and long, third and 10. Um, I think he was 9 of 13. You know, ultimately in this league, regardless of your ability to run or move out of the pocket, you're going to have to make plays behind the center, and you're going to have to make them standing in the pocket. And he did that the other day. That was impressive. John Payton is with me again, uh, brought to us today by Zebra Technologies, and we'll explain that in just a couple of minutes. I I am curious. This is a season that is different from any in the history of the sport. Well, in so many ways it is, but but one of them is that there's only one bye this year. So your team has clinched a playoff spot, but there's obviously a lot more to do. How does that change affect the way you go about planning the rest of your season? That's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know that clinching a playoff spot did anything for us when we heard that news. I, I don't. I don't think we knew that. Oh, Chicago needed to lose or whatever. I mean, I, uh, our first immediate thought always as a goal is, hey, win the division, and then the second one is, you know, get the best possible seed you can get because there's there's a number of pluses about that. Now, the thing unique this year, I think, Mike, honestly, I know there's only one by seed, but. But I would say, look, all season long, the road team's winning more this year than ever before because they're not having to deal with the road noise, the penalties, the false starts, the challenges normally when you go on the road. I mean, each environment you play in, home or away, is much the same. It's, it's, it's like a very sterile, quiet. I mean, you, you get some ambient noise. And so uh, I, I think the one will be valued more simply – from a rest and recovery standpoint than it would be, uh, we got to go into this venue and play and we can't hear and we can't, you know. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think our, jo- our job right now is focusing on, you know, winning this division and then, and then trying to get the one seat. You have an interesting game this week against Philadelphia. Doug Peterson, I'm not going to play the soundbite here, but he, when he was asked about who his quarterback was going to be, he said for the time being he's going to keep that between me and me. Um, so how, I assume the world will find out at some point in the next couple of days. How does it really, and I always wonder this, how does it actually affect the way you prepare for this game when they haven't announced who their quarterback is going to be? Well, look, it was us just three weeks ago before we were getting ready to play Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, I, I think if you just took their two quarterbacks, you, you would say both are athletic. Both can make plays exceptionally well outside the pocket, and they're comfortable in that role. Um, both can move and, 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 and run for 8 to 10 yards. 
Um, you, you have to defend the offense because that's you know that's not going to be completely overhauled. You have to defend the offense. Philadelphia historically now under Doug done a great job with tempo and no huddle and at the line of scrimmage. So th- those will be part of what we work on this week. Um, but there are weeks where you know they can be dramatically different at that position. I do think there's some similarities relative to the athleticism of, of both of these quarterbacks. John Payton is with me here. One more thing. I, I know I need to let you go, but there's one thing I really wonder about. Last time you and I talked, it was shortly after you had been diagnosed with COVID, and that was a, like a different world. It feels like a different lifetime ago, and your yeah. season has been so good. Your t- I mean, First of all, I mean, thank goodness you're fine and all the rest of that. Your team is so good. The season has been so good, and it's been so unusual. I, I just wonder, how has this been different for you, and, and what has this season meant for you in ways that perhaps others haven't based upon all of these circumstances? Well, I, I think, number one, um, there is an appreciation you have uh, that involves the relationships of being at work every day and being with people that that uh, have similar interests and and you, you miss being around the players. And so now you're around them on a daily basis. There's certain things that I think when this stops for everyone that, that everyone misses, but they can't quite appreciate it right now. And we went through that early part. Our country went through that early part. We're still in that stage of trying to recover, trying to do all the right things. And, and it can be lonely for a lot of people. And so this work for us, to some degree is, is a, is a blessing because look, we're, we're getting a to come to work and a lot of people aren't. And then number two of be around people, um, that, that you enjoy, uh, that you enjoy spending time with. I mean, I've got, and when I say this, uh, the, the culture, but, but the locker room, the players, the leadership, the coaching staff here and the people in this organization, there's a lot of people stepping up and doing a lot of things differently than we normally have never done before. I mean, the people out in the, in the mobile camper out there, we see every day with the COVID test, the people that are setting up our facility that just the, the additional workload because of this pandemic and trying to be able to play football through it. It's if you sat down and started to write, thank yous, you'd be here for, for a month. That's beautifully said, and it's a great thought, and I feel that way very much. Um, Sean, I appreciate this. I know that you're with us today, brought to us by Zebra Technologies. Tell us about it. Well, it's the next-gen stats that we see every – I don't know that people realize when they say, hey, the next-gen stat, this player was 22 miles an hour on that kickoff return. That's, that's the Zebra t- tracking system. So when we, when we see the barcode scan at the stores, the grocery store, Whole Foods, or Target – Essentially, each player has that in their shoulder pads, and that technology is is uh, a relationship that Zebra has with the NFL, and every player is in that. Every player is wearing those chips, and the football has the chip in it. We're starting to see them use that relative to uh, officiating, and I think we'll continue to see more. I think, look, Mike, there are those nebulous spots or the ball goes out of bounds or did it cross the plane of the goal line. I, I think in the next five years um, – that we're going to have a, a, a much easier way to do that and help the officials. Sounds great. Sean, I really appreciate this time. Congratulations on what's been a terrific season so far. Keep it going, and I'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. Sounds good, Mike. Thank you. That's Sean Payton with me here on ESPN Radio. Fascinating guy. And, and as, I, as I prepare to bring Jeff Saturday in here and we'll talk more football, I, I will say 
You know, let's just bring Jeff into the conversation on that thought. And, and Jeff is with me here um, on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. You know, Jeff, one of the things that Sean Payton just said to me was that um, being able to come into work every day and be surrounded by people has made this so much easier living through this experience. And I can completely relate to that. And, and I can't count the number of times I've said out loud in, 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 in whomever I was talking to, family and friends over the last few months, that the fact that I've continued to go to work from, from the day this pandemic began, I never stopped going into work, um, I think makes me very fortunate. I, I feel very fortunate for that. I think it's been very good for my mental health because so many people, Jeff, I know, including you, are doing all these things out of your home. And I think that's a different kind of strain. And, and so I, I, I can fully relate to what Sean is saying, that just coming into work every day, being surrounded not by as many people as usual, but by some people who I like, people who I like being around, people who we have this mutual goal. I think it's been extremely good for, for those of us who've been fortunate enough to do it, for our sort of psyche during these last eight or nine months. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, listen, the camaraderie of whatever you do for a living, there's just something special about it. And like you said, either coming into the studio and, you know, seeing everybody or whether it's, you know, getting a chance to go work and, and, you know, like Sean's talking about with being involved in a team, you know, those were the considerations that my wife and I actually discussed with my oldest son, Jeff, at Carolina and, and why we thought it was so important, you know, and, and that they do get to experience in that. And listen, they're, they're getting checked every day. And, you know, the whole, the whole thing that Sean just went through about, you know, how often they get, get checked. But, but to your point, those relationships are so vital. Um, and, and you are fortunate to have, have experienced that. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, for me in particular, like I, I miss, that experience, right? I'm, you know, there's something about you missing being in uh, the studio with you, right? There's something about just the just the energy and and what you can bring to a conversation, and you know, the laugh, just just the, just the small details of how important that is. And so, I fully agree with Sean and you both, man. It's been uh, very fortunate to have the opportunity to do it, and 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 blessed to be able to do it. Um, but but man, doing it doing it from home, it's definitely it's definitely got to. You know, I'm I'm glad I still have a gig. You're still being able to talk about ball and all those things, but it's definitely a different experience. Look, yes, millions of people are doing that, and and it's taking obviously yep. has taken a toll. And uh, hopefully, all we can say is we watch this news today of people getting vaccinated in Great Britain. Hopefully, that the the end is near for us all here. Okay, uh, of the of the virus, I should say. Okay, let us go through some of the big headlines in the football, and let's start with the Steelers. I'm going to ask you some pointed questions. Here's the first one. If the Steelers do the Steelers need to make a greater effort to run the football to have any chance of winning the Super Bowl this year? Absolutely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, I just heard Mike Tomlin. I listened to his his uh, news conference and he said, you know, he lives by this old adage, an old co- coaching adage that says if you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win. And that's a fact. And he said it. He said we, you know, we had multiple opportunities whether it be on the goal line or the third and one where we could have changed the outcome of that game, and we didn't, we didn't, uh, we weren't successful, and that ultimately cost us the ball game. And that is a truth. And listen, the further you go, whether it's into December, January, and hopefully you get to February, it's a must. I mean, you you can't have you can't have teams stopping you with third and one, fourth and one, and expect to keep winning games. It just doesn't happen. And I know you can throw it around the yard, and everybody can be excited about all that. Football is a physical game that ultimately you have to fatigue the other side. And Mike Tomlin understands he, they didn't get that done last night against Washington, and they're going to have to do it to uh, to keep Kansas City at bay. 
Next issue. Um, in the NFC East, Jeff, which we have made fun of relentlessly all season long, and I take back <laughs> none of it. They were, they were embarrassingly That's bad. Right. But suddenly, in consecutive days, the Giants went to Seattle and beat the Seahawks without their starting quarterback. And then last night, Washington went to Pittsburgh and beat the unbeaten Steelers. So I ask you right now, who's a better football team as you watch them play? Washington and the Giants. I'm going to go Washington, and, and I'll say the reason why. I think um, – I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I meant the Giants. Did I say the Giants? I meant the Giants. The, yes. the, the Giants, for me, are the squad because of the physicality on both sides of the ball. When you see Joe Judge and what they have done, they, they, they have instilled something in this team. And give Jason Garrett, you know, the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, a ton of credit offensively I mean he's got his tight ends you know Ingram who was supposed to be a you know or who is a, a spectacular pass catcher but he, he's participating in blocking right they lose Saquon Barkley they're still not dissuaded from running the football I've been impressed and and and, and you know you you heard you know you hear reports out of their team talking about hey listen we're playing tackle football there's something about the way that he has has, has spoken to these guys and the connection that Joe Judge has with them. These guys have bought into that. And, and they physically took it to Seattle. Uh, and, and I would say as good as Washington's defense is, which the front seven may be the best in the league, in all honesty, because of the, how, how deep they are on defensive line, I'm not as impressed offensively. So I have to give the edge to the Giants. And the Giants' defense has played lights out. I'm not trying to take credit away from them, but their offense, man, has just been – it's been special to watch them – uh, play between the tackles and be physical with people. And again, the Giants swept the season series, so they have the huge edge That's there. Right. Gr- Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. One more thing, Jeff Saturday. You told me this morning you have a problem with the New York Jets firing Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator, yesterday. Why? Yeah, I just said it was trash because, look, everybody is culpable in this situation, right? I mean, you have the head coach who's on the headset and and the defensive coordinator makes a call and and he doesn't stop it. There's no, you know, he has a timeout. None of that goes on. And then all of a sudden he's got the, you know, he's going to take the fall for the entire thing. You have the worst offense in the NFL. You have the second or third worst defense. But why you wouldn't let Greg Williams finish out the season is absolutely insane to me. I mean, look, look, you can't blame any of this on one person, one player. This is this has been chaos in the entire organization. But it frustrates me because everybody acts like one call, right? I mean, this guy is an aggressive play caller. I don't, I don't love the call. I'm not trying to get up here and defend what he called. But, but guys make calls all day, every day, every Sunday that you would go, oh, not the best coaching decision, right? We talk about it all the time, using a timeout. All those things happen and affect games. That he made this call, they lost the game, I, I don't appreciate it. I think he should have finished up the season with the rest of them, and you know, none of them be in, in New York next year. But it, it was just a shame that one guy takes, takes the brunt of it all. Jeff, Saturday, it was a pleasure this morning, and again here, and I will see you soon. Best wishes to you. I'll talk to you in the next couple of days. You as well, Granny. See you, brother. Well, that's Jeff Saturday, who's just terrific. Um, and he, he took that position very strongly this morning. And I, look, I agree with everything. There's nothing bad you can say about the Jets that I don't agree with. I, I am still thinking, I will admit, about uh, the stuff that Sean Payton just said. You know, I, I think that if there's one thing I've tried very hard to do as a human being during this pandemic, when it became evident, I think like many of us, my first reaction was, boy, this is going to be a nuisance. And, and, and how quickly can we get this over with? 
And then when it became evident that it was going to be much more than a nuisance and that it was going to be take much longer to get it, quote unquote, over with than we had originally thought. I've made a real concerted effort to try to to appreciate things in life in ways that I wouldn't otherwise have. And I will tell you that I have appreciated I, I have I have gotten up and, and gotten dressed and gone to work every single day since this thing began. And I know that so many people have not. And look, far worse, so many people have lost their jobs. And that's way worse than anything else, of course, professionally speaking. But even those people who are, you know, so many that I talk to and, and, and deal with regularly, you know, if, if, if working from home every single day, it's hard, it's challenging. These have been such tough times. Um, I'm so grateful to you for hanging out with me during this. And it makes me feel really good to have this opportunity to sit here and talk about sports. And I hope it makes you feel good, too. Coming up next, speaking of feeling good, we will talk to the happiest person in the entire world of sports yesterday. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Half past the hour with me, Greeny, as again celebrating the music of John Lennon on this solemn anniversary of his murder 40 years ago today. We'll have um, Larry Zonka in just a minute. But if you were just with us a moment ago, Christine Lisi in SportsCenter just told you the breaking news. Michigan just announced their game against Ohio State this weekend will not be played. I have a, game, a quote here from their athletic director, Ward Manuel, who says the number of positive tests has continued to trend in an upward direction over the last seven days. We've not been cleared to participate in practice at this time. Unfortunately, we will not be able to field the team due to COVID positives and the associated quarantining required of close contact individuals the decision is disappointing for our team and coaches but their health and safety is paramount it will always come first in our decision making first and foremost that's way more important than a football game second if you are focused on the football game there are two different ways this could go now for ohio state they have until wednesday to figure out another opponent if there is another school in the big 10 that does not have a game this weekend but that is healthy enough to play then that can be scheduled that has to be done by wednesday The other alternative is if they don't play this weekend and they finish with five games, the Big Ten then has a decision to make. They either will change the rule that says with five games they can play for the Big Ten championship or they won't. And if they don't, that means that Ohio State does not play in the Big Ten title game. So that's where all of that stands, and we'll keep an eye on it. Meanwhile, of all the things that I saw on social media last night, by far my favorite After the Washington football team knocked off the Pittsburgh Steelers and knocked them from the ranks of the unbeaten, the last unbeaten team, Larry Zonka, the legendary Miami Dolphin, the Hall of Famer, posted a video on Twitter 
of himself having a little toast and a little cigar in celebration of the 72 Dolphins remaining the only unbeaten champion in the Super Bowl era. And he is good enough to join me here. Larry Zonka with us on ESPN Radio. Thank you for making this time. Congratulations, Larry. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. I'd like to ask, as the years go by, how does it change what this means to you? I've always enjoyed watching all of you get together and celebrate the last unbeaten losing. And as all this time has passed, and unfortunately so many of your teammates are no longer with us, how has it changed what it means to you? Well, you, you touched on it right there, the fact that there's fewer of us to celebrate now has a lot to do with it. I, uh, until you start to lose some of your teammates, just like family members, as time goes on and you start to lose those people, that's when you realize how important they were to you, um, how much they meant to you and, and how much a part of, the, of your life they were. So without Coach Shula, without Jake Scott in the last year, Jim Kick, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, it's, it's, it's fun to celebrate the fact that we're still the only unbeaten, but not as much fun as it was when they were around. Did you have a chance to talk to one of your teammates? Of course, because of the virus, you weren't able to be together. I, I, I just <laughs> mentioned the, the video that I saw, but did you talk to any of the guys last night? Immediately. I called several <laughs> I called Doug Cruzan an offensive tackle. I called Larry Little. The list goes on and on. I talked to him uh, probably two hours after the game was over. I was still calling different fellows on the team, and uh, and we were were having our cigar and chit chatting and enjoying it and talking about the fellows that are no longer with us. So it's great memories when that happens. The great Larry Zonka is with me here. And, and you know what? I feel like this is a good day with your team getting at least one more year to remain atop that mountain. I'd love to hear a great story from that season. Any story you want to tell me, I want to hear. When people ask you to, to, to recollect something memorable from the 72 season, what do you tell them? I think the moment that we lost Bob Greasy in the third or fourth game, I think it was against the San Diego Chargers. I don't, you know, my memory's getting a little bad in my old age, but pretty much remember that. His leg was broken on the field. We heard it break in, uh, you know, we had very high hopes after participating in Super Bowl six getting a lesson in football from the Dallas Cowboys and, and coming back and starting that, that, that voyage through 1972 with Shula being so driven and so, um, so fired up to win every game, one game at a time and we'll win every game. That's what he kept saying as our head coach. And then to have our starting quarterback laying on the ground, I think one of the most memorable moments is when they took Bob off the field on a gurney and Earl Morrill came into the huddle. And Earl Morrill, I was in high school and watched Earl Morrill play professional football. Hmm. And he came into the huddle and said, uh, he looked around and looked at me. He said, what do you think? And I said, uh, Earl, doesn't matter what I think. You're the quarterback. What matters is what you think. <laughs> and, uh, and we kind of chuckled. And it's just a memory, a moment in time. Certainly there were, there were more fond memories throughout the course of that year. But that was one memory where we, where our hopes were seemingly just dashed on the rocks, like it was all over. Bob Greasy, our starting quarterback, was out. The guy that went through all the practice that had us ready to go was gone. That's a major part of your offense, certainly then, certainly even more so today. But to have a backup like Earl Morrill come in, look around the huddle and say, what do you think? Meant that he was... You know, he had faced that situation before many times in his career, and we had total confidence in him. So 
That was probably one of the chief memories that I think about. People forget that Morrill basically played the entire rest of the season. Greasy didn't come back healthy until all the way at the very end. He's in the Hall of Fame now, and you guys won the Super Bowl again the following year. But the unbeaten season was basically played with the backup quarterback, Earl Morrill. And, and so uh, the last time that you and I chatted was, was the day after that we lost Coach Shula, and I, it wasn't the day to ask you then, but it does feel like the right time to ask you now. I've always wondered this. When Gary Premian throws that ball up in the air, um, in the Super Bowl, um, <laughs> I, what, 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 and bearing in mind that we're a family show, what, what, what thoughts went through your mind? <laughs> what went through my mind? Yeah. Not a lot of good things. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was a, a very trying, trying moment, but try to put, you know, you kind of put that in context. The 72 undefeated season, you know, had a great offense. We had ball control offense, but the real strength of our 72 team was our defense. And the defense had done such a great job in, in, in literally keeping the other side's offense off the field and keeping our offense on the field. And uh, then, you know, if we kick that field goal and make it, we're 17 to nothing, 17 to zero in a 17 and 0 season. It was kind of like destiny. And that really kind of upset me that we were trying to kick the field goal. I wanted to go for the first down. Mm. But at any rate, we tried to kick it. And of course, it got blocked. Garrow tried to throw a pass. It was intercepted and was seven points the other or six points the other way. Now, there was some language that went between some of our defensive players as they <laughs> ran on the field and Garrow Premium ran off. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't uh, the kind of family language that you'd like to hear. <laughs> Not that he missed the field goal, but that he tried to throw the ball. So that's... Uh, that was a that's a moment that comes back. You know, it was kind of all on the line. And then in the closing moments of that game, Manny Fernandez, Bill Stanfield, uh, Jake Scott intercepted twice in the closing uh, minutes of that game to uh, secure that victory. So it was a it was a big test. And I think the uh, people that came through were truly the stars of 1972 uh, team was the defense. They were as good as it got. And again, 14-7 winds up being the final of that Super Bowl. Mike Bass runs back the only touchdown on special teams because the kicker threw the ball straight up in the air. Larry, I can't tell you how much I appreciate these conversations. I really do. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Congratulations. And let's do this again next year. When the last unbeaten team loses, we have a date. We'll do this conversation again. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Larry Zonka, the Hall of Famer, with me here on ESPN Radio. As he was talking, I was just told to look at Adam Schefter's Twitter, which I just have, and I will read this to you directly. Three minutes ago, Schefter tweets, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson is naming Jalen Hurts, his new starting quarterback. The rookie will start Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Sources tell Chris Mortensen and me, Carson Wentz now will back up Hurts. That's not a surprise, and yet when you read it, it's still somewhat jarring. We'll come back with a reaction to that. And I will tell you why there's only one thing that today means to me. Next, right here on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny with you on uh, this day, the 40th anniversary of the death, the murder of John Lennon, who, um, what can I say, is one of the greatest artists, I think, in, in the history of of anything, of any art form, really. And I want to address that in just a minute. But there are two huge sports stories that have come across in just the last few minutes. One of them is Michigan has announced it will not play the game this weekend, the game against Ohio State. Michigan has too many positive tests. They just can't do it. So the circumstances are this. The Big Ten can change the rule, which means Ohio State, with only five games, can still play for the conference championship. Currently, the rule is six. They just made that up at the beginning of the pandemic. They could change it. Second, they could play another opponent this weekend. Maybe Purdue could be that opponent, or Indiana. Is it Indiana or Purdue is having the positive test? I think it's Purdue who's having the test, right, Nuno? So it's Indiana they could theoretically play. Now, they've played them already this season, but they may be able to figure out a way for them to play another game this year. Um, And then the third thing that it brings up is all these people throwing out the idea Ohio State can't play because of their opponent. Texas A&M can't play because of their opponent. They're four and five in the country. How about if they go head-to-head on a neutral site this weekend? Who says no? It obviously isn't going to happen, but it's fun to think about. So that's one huge breaking story within the last 20 minutes. The other, in Philadelphia, Doug Peterson is going with Jalen Hurts. Hurts will start at quarterback this weekend for the Eagles rather than Carson Wentz. We've said for a while now there is a short-term and long-term decision to be made there. The short-term one has been made. They'll go with Hertz, and I think that the locker room would have revolted if they hadn't, which speaks volumes about Carson Wentz's standing in Philadelphia. So the short-term question is, let's see how Hertz does. The long-term question is, if Hertz plays all right, what does it mean for Wentz's future? The money says it's unlikely he isn't an Eagle next year, but it's not impossible. If they could find someone to make a trade with, The cap hit to the Eagles next year would be about the same, whether he's there or not. And the new team wouldn't take on all 59 million of those dollars that we've talked about repeatedly. So the short-term question has been answered. The long-term one remains to be seen. Those are the two huge stories and obviously huge coverage of that all day long on ESPN and the family of networks. But I did want to just finish with this today. 40 years ago tonight, and you're going to hear it right here, Bubba, we have it. Howard Cosell broke to the world extraordinary news, stunning news, one of the saddest days you could ever possibly imagine, and it was on Monday Night Football about the last place you'd be expecting to get this kind of news. I was 13 years old, and I will remember for the rest of my life hearing Howard Cosell say this. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. It still gives you chills, at least it does me, hearing Cosell say those words and thinking about the magnitude of it. And again, I'm old enough to remember that night, and I'm old enough to remember the next day, so December 9th of 1980, I was in eighth grade, and I remember going to school, and certainly I I, I recognized that John Lennon was a very famous and important person, and I knew a lot of the Beatles' music Um, at that age but there's no way I had the comprehension then of the magnitude of the loss 
that this was for, for all of us, for everyone, for the world. Uh, and then I went to school the next day, and I remember teachers crying. I remember walking in the hallway and seeing teachers um, in, in openly in tears at the death of John Lennon. And I think that had I been old enough to understand it, were something like that to happen now, I think I might feel the same way. I'm not ashamed to admit there were quite a few musical artists that when we lose them, and some that are getting much older, including the legendary Paul McCartney, there's a good chance I will shed a tear on that day, Paul Simon and perhaps some others. Um, John Lennon's art, and that's what it is, his, his, the music he created has probably provided for me in my life in the 40 years since his passing every bit as much today as then, if not more so, as much inspiration and joy as the art created by any other person that has ever lived. And that, that goes for athletes, which, of course, is the world I live in every single day. And it goes for the brilliant writers and the brilliant composers and the brilliant painters and all of these people whose creativity and talent I, I hold in awe. I can't even fathom it. I try so hard to be a creative person in life, and, and I, I could never even imagine being able to create the things John Lennon did. So it's, a, it's an interesting day. 40 years. It's hard to believe that much time has gone by. And I can tell you that as we wrap up this show today, I'm going to spend the rest of my day listening to his music. And if you don't know it well, I strongly recommend you do the same. With that thought in mind, thank you for hanging out with me today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Sean Payton, Larry Zonka, and everybody else who was here. Um, and, and again, big news. It'll be covered all the rest of this day on ESPN Radio and on ESPN's family of television networks. I'll see you tomorrow morning on Get Up and back here again tomorrow afternoon on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.